When American audiences think about Thin Lizzy, the only song that comes to mind might be The Boys Are Back in Town. But real fans know that's not the band's only banger, just the first one to break ground in the U.S. Formed in Dublin, Ireland in 1969, the band Thin Lizzy's first two albums were heavily influenced by Celtic music. Thin Lizzy frontman Phil Lynott's lyrics focused on his personal life and encounters in Dublin, but the only song to resonate with UK audiences was their cover of the 17th century Irish ballad Whiskey in the Jar which reached number six on the UK charts in 1973. The song provided them enough notoriety to see success within Ireland, but their albums and singles were still failing to chart elsewhere in the world. After several years of supporting high-profile bands on tour and constant changes to Thin Lizzy's lineup, the band finally had their fifth album, Fighting, chart in the UK in 1975. A year later, in 1976, the band would break through to America with their single, The Boys Are Back in Town, and their sixth studio album, Jailbreak. Another single from this album wound up reaching number 77 on the U.S. charts, but it was overshadowed by the success of The Boys Are Back in Town and Jailbreak. Despite being forgotten by mainstream listeners, the underperforming single has received high praise from fans and critics alike and is recognized as being one of the band's signature songs. That's right, we're talking Cowboy Song by Thin Lizzy on Cover Me. That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one is riding in the rodeo. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my southern co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Are you further south than me? Yes, I am, because yeah. it's like half an hour to the border from here, so yeah, okay. I am, I'm the southern co-host, really. Hmm. I am in southern Alberta, though. Yeah, and, and you have real yeehaw energy there. Yeah, yeah, we got haws. We got yees. We got haws, we got yees. I was told at work this week that I have a, a twang, Alex, when I say when I say the word gram. Gram? Gram, yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what an Alberta accent sounds like. I just know it exists. Because there's not enough like close accents around us that I can identify or that I can compare. But, right. I mean, I know, like, if someone... There's I have a coworker from I think PEI and they definitely have like just a little bit of accent and then depending on you know how comfortable they are in the situation it comes out a little more sort of thing right. you know how relaxed so I'm sure I'm the same you know get a little more uptight proper or whatever if I'm feeling a little more uptight proper but I don't know I'm sure there's a twang there. Apparently, we talk fast also. That's what I've heard. Yeah, that's a big one. And I notice it when I'm talking to people and they like look at me confused. And then I kind of you know play back what I just said. I'm like, Slow it down. Yeah, I did say that pretty quick. Like, <laughs> I think merged a few words together. But yeah, it's just been an identity crisis for me because I've always considered myself more of a SoCal surfer, dude. And yeah, it's hard people, to be a SoCal surfer, dude, if you, live, if you grew up in uh, Western Canada. In southern Alberta, where there yeah. there is nowhere to surf. Nope. Well, as far as I know, I guess you can like wind sail or whatever. But yeah, that's not that's not surfing. Nope. Yeah, it's it's been weird. I'm I'm a country boy, I guess. Thank God, I'm a country boy. Um, yeah, and we're talking about cowboys. Talking about cowboys, week, Alex, by Thin Lizzy, um, a band from Dublin, Ireland. Not not American. Not no. cowboys themselves. 
Apparently Phil Lynott just likes cowboys. And this brings me to another idea in my head at the moment. Alex, people are, are calling it. They're saying this is going to be horny summer, right? Everybody's going to be out there. They're going to be in the streets fucking. That's what I've heard. And Kissing strangers. That's what you've heard. That's what I've heard. Um, but, of course, the vaccine rollout in Canada has been a little slower than, than people might have hoped. Although I hear it's picking up, so maybe it still will be a horny Yeah, summer. I mean, I'm, I'm semi-vaxxed now. Yeah, soon to be so... vaxxed. <laughs> yeah, halfway there. But I think if you're not going to have a horny summer this summer, then you should flip it and have a, a cowboy summer where you're just out in the wilderness by yourself. I, gotta, I probably have a, a cowboy hat somewhere. Oh, you, you must. I don't have it's a horse actually... somewhere, but I have a cowboy hat somewhere. I could yeehaw. I've got a little yeah, bit of yeehaw energy. Yeah, get a little bit of that yeehaw going on. Or, or Yahoo, as the, the Calgary Stampede likes to claim, is their, their catchphrase. Huh. Yeah. I, I didn't weird. pay that much attention to the Calgary Stampede by virtue of what? growing up around it. I tried to. Yeah, exactly, right? Well, uh, I worked there enough stay times away. that you, know, you hear shit. You know, you think I would have too because I worked there maybe three or four years. Right, anyway. Yeah, that's pretty comparable. Anyway. Worked there about the same amount of time. But <sighs> anyway, Alex, Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. A song I've known since probably birth. Yeah, I don't like that... remember a world without the boys are back in town. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of the like super timeless thing, and I still think it's a pretty good song. You know, um, I yeah, I didn't I know mean, about yeah. this song until much later. I I still don't know a lot of Thin Lizzy songs. It's pretty much the like three for me, like the trifecta of boys are back in town, cowboy song, jailbreak. Yeah, and all they're from all the same jailbreak. album. Yeah. That's what I know. They've got some. That's what I know. And apparently they have more Irish like stuff. Don't know what that's like at all. Yeah, apparently like their first two albums were really like steeped in Irish tradition, and then I think album three took a, a turn to hard rock. And then later down the line, we get this uh, a cowboy classic, a, a country song kind of done by. It's like it's like this is like the spaghetti western of music. Yeah. Except instead of Italians on it, it's so I guess like a potato western you might call it. Um, but yeah, it definitely has that like very romanticized version of being a cowboy, which I guess being a cowboy at all is that because cowboys didn't really exist. I don't think in this way. Like it's it's movies that created what we see as cowboys. Yeah. Um, there are. You know, people in rodeos, and there were like farmhands who rustled cattle. But I don't think the cowboy, in the in the vein of like the man with no name or whatever, was ever real. Yeah. So we get, and it's very interesting. I'm gonna pull a quote from uh, all music critic John Dugan, who's talking about uh, Phil Lynott's uh, writing style here. He says, as the band's creative force. Lynott was a more insightful and intelligent writer than many of his ilk, preferring slice-of-life, working-class dramas of love and hate, influenced by Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, and virtually all of the Irish literary tradition. So he takes a sort of uh, working-class approach, but in this case, like he said, it's a, a highly fictional working-class person. It's the, the cowboy as brought to you by cigarette ads and movies. True, but cigarette ads and movies made to be watched by working class people that's yeah exactly fair enough so it's a very interesting p 
piece. I've never really thought of uh, like Phil Lynott as that in the vein of Dylan and Springsteen and and that nature. But then looking at the boys are back in town and then Jailbreak as well, that really yeah. is his style. Yeah, especially I mean, if you want to make the Springsteen comparison, Bruce Springsteen just made like an entire album about movie cowboys, basically. That's right. Um, the Western stars. <laughs> So, it's in the same vein, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's finally caught up to Thin Lizzy. Finally. <laughs> it took him a long time. Yeah, it, this whole week has been me, like, learning how cool, like, Phil Lynott was. Um, he was uh, he was a black Irishman, which is a, a rare thing to begin with, and apparently the first to find commercial success in, in rock and roll music, and uh, was going to be to form a band with some members of Deep Purple. This is actually interesting, is the connection between Thin Lizzy and Deep Purple and Whitesnake, who we just talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the the guitarist for Whitesnake in the mid-'80s, which would be basically post-breakup of Thin Lizzy, which I believe they broke up in 86 upon the death of Phil Lynott. Um, John Sykes, who plays guitar on this track, so he, he was the guitarist for White Snake in the 80s and played guitar on Here I Go Again. And we're talking about him again this week playing for Thin Lizzy on Cowboy Song. Yeah, didn't even realize. Yeah. So that's a thing. And they also, like Thin Lizzy did a, a collection of Deep Purple covers in 70, I want to say 72 or 73 under the name like the Funky Junction or something because they didn't want to get be have their names affiliated with it for some reason. So it's just some random thing. Random yeah. Name. Yeah, so they had a real, just a weird weird connection with Deep Purple. And then by extension, White Snake, thanks to the John Sykes connection, which is just interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to find Thin Lizzy's place in, in rock and roll history this week. Yeah, a, a brief place, though. Like, they were around mm-hmm. for maybe a decade or so like really yeah give or take they were 69 they formed and 50. like they their first hit was whiskey in the jar in 72 mm-hmm. so they got about they got about 15 years of work and then they were out and but but most of that time they were not successful it took their sixth studio album from them to hit the u.s fifth for them to hit the uk before that they were just like an ireland band yeah and like um I mean, not to mention uh, Phil Lynott himself is kind of an unfortunate early death. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happens so often in rock and roll, or I guess maybe pop music generally. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's an interesting band. And they have a fair amount of material that I would be uh, interested in digging into. Because obviously they have at least three good songs. They do, and I I gave Jailbreak the album a listen to this week. It's pretty fucking good. That doesn't shock me in the slightest. <laughs> in the slightest, yeah. And we'll talk about it more when we talk about the instrumentation of this song, but I didn't realize they had this signature element of twin lead guitars. I remember but, reading about that a couple of years ago, but it's not something I've ever really uh, thought about while listening mm-hmm. to it until it, this. But it's, it's a yeah. cool interplay cool dynamic it really is and it's done so well that it it seems like it should just be a normal thing but i mean that's how you how you become one of the one of the greats right maybe it's just really hard i don't know (laughs) yeah it must be but we're gonna talk about these lyrics first alex let's Let's talk about what's going on in cowboy song i am just a cowboy lonesome on the trail starry night a campfire light 
a coyote call, the howling winds wail. So I ride out to the old sundown. Yeah, it's such it's such like a picturesque verse. Mm-hmm. It's literally painting a picture. He's a cowboy. He's on his own. Like the sun is setting in the distance. He's on a horse. There's also a campfire apparently, and he's riding. I feel like that's a little inconsistent, but I'm not worried about the reality of it so much as like we're throwing out stereotypes. You know, cliches. I guess is a better, a better. Yeah, word, throwing out these sort of like uh, yeah cliches, stereotypes, or uh, I don't know, like classic motifs of cowboy shit. Yeah. You hear the cat coy- coy- coyote, coyote. Mm-hmm. I often coyote. don't pronounce the oi. Um, and then the winds, like they're howling together. Right. It's a it's a symphony. Yeah. Two, two so sounds is, makes a symphony, right? To find to make sense of why, like you mentioned, he's saying it's nighttime, but then also he's riding towards sundown. I think. In the first line, we're maybe supposed to be like, oh, that sounds like it sucks. Like, I'm a cowboy. Like, I'm just this. I'm a cowboy lonesome on the trail. And you're like, well, why would you want to do that and be lonesome on the trail? It doesn't sound great. People don't typically associate lonesome with, like, a positive attribute. So then he explains in the in the following two lines the, be- the beauty of what he gets to see every night, a starry night, campfire light. He hears coyotes and, and the wind. So that's, so that's sort of his music on the trail. And so, so then he says, so that's why I ride out to the old sundown. That's why I ride every day uh, for, for those beautiful nights. I see. That's And uh, that's just a maybe interpretation. Ultimately, I, it really is, I think, just to paint cowboy imagery very swiftly. Right. And then after that, start to tell the story. Uh, second verse starts the same way. It's kind of, it's almost like two separate beginnings because mm-hmm. they both kind of have the same uh first line and they're both kind of the start of it like there's a there's like the prelude or what like the forward no what's the thing that comes before chapter one prologue prologue that's the word yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a prologue and then you go into the actual story so uh i'm just a cowboy lonesome on the trail lord i'm just thinking about a certain female the nights we spent together riding on the range, looking back, it seems so strange. And we, yeah. yeah, more into the story, kind of like the story of the song is a lot about him riding around and uh, being with different women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he like rides around and reminisces about just yeah his previous like romantic encounters. Um, one thing I wanted to point out, uh, the first line of both verse one and verse two, I am just a cowboy, uh, reminiscent of John Prine's, uh, angel from Montgomery. I am an old woman. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Where it, you're just like, this is who I am. Like, and here's the rest of my start, story. It's kind of like a folk thing, maybe, or, mm-hmm. or just a, a, when you're telling this kind of a story started with like this is what i am and what i am is a cliche so i don't really need to tell you anymore because you know what that is right because yeah you pull enough details from that that sort of archetype it's, yeah this is my character archetype i'm a cowboy once month trail i am an old woman um lord i'm just thinking about a certain female that also brings to mind uh the eagles uh take it is it take it easy i've been running down the road trying to lose some yeah load. i got seven yeah he's got seven women on his mind this guy's just got one at the moment but Another another similarity there. 
yeah, so he's kind of looking back on his life as he rides, because I imagine one of the, the beauties of being lonesome on the trail is you have a lot of time to reflect. And he's looking back on what, while being a simple life, he is just a cowboy, has been a strange journey. He's like, oh, I, I would some, because sometimes you just find a person, you connect with them, spend time together riding on the range, and then it, it ends eventually, and you're back to being lonesome on the road. Yeah. Which, uh, kind of episodes of your life and then mm-hmm. if you feel so so separate from your own past sometimes right yeah you're like that was a, almost a completely different person it's it's strange that that was something i was once just doing and then we get to the chorus roll me over and turn me around let me keep spinning until i hit the ground roll me over and let me go riding in the rodeo <laughs> yeah what the uh fuck like, what does this mean? <laughs> what indeed? Um, well, I was looking up the phrase Roll Me Over. Mm-hmm. And there's a song called Roll Me Over in the Clover. It's kind of a... No, this is from 2002. That's not that old. Mm. Maybe it is. I didn't look up the history uh, in depth enough. Anyway, is it... Is Because, like, when I hear Roll Me Over, I'm like, ah, sex thing. Like mm. rolling the hay kind of situation, um, but also, I, I don't know what hitting the ground spinning. Um, I'm thinking of like lassos. Right. Like I, I keep spinning until I hit the ground. I wonder because I wonder if it is the idea that like his life is simple chaos but he likes it so let me keep spinning till i hit the ground like i'm going without real direction i seem to be just going in, in circles maybe spinning around but because he, he basically just says let me go like let me let me continue to to weave this chaotic path um another thing if you're if you're talking like if you say you roll over it means you're you're like not um resisting kind of something like like if you roll over you kind of acquiesce to something mm-hmm. so it'd be like he's just going with the flow right so is, is that what you just said yeah maybe uh, that's sort of another take on what i said i'm wondering if because the other scenario in which i can imagine you rolling someone over is when they're, they're like they're pass out drunk right and true so kind of like get me into so he's just drinking his whiskey or whatever yeah and he's just kind of saying like do help me enough so that i can keep living and then but then just let me go right until i hit the ground again his his life is a series of ups and downs metaphorically yeah i see yeah and then i'm and i'm trying to tie it in with the last line riding in the rodeo Mm mm-hmm but I, I don't know, because, I mean, the rodeo to me is just like a competition. It's a sport, sporting right. event. Is there another definition of rodeo? I don't think so. Um, and he does talk about busting Bronx for the rodeo in the next one. So I think it sure. is your traditional rodeo. Um, the other time you're spinning around, perhaps, particularly in the life of a rodeo cowboy, is when you're on like a bull right true they do spin kind of sometimes and th- and you would get thrown off that going back to this up and down idea and you would yeah you'd hit the ground so is he really like speaking very plainly about 
when he is in the rodeo, which is what he does, he's saying, "Licks when I get thrown off." He's riding a bull or a bucking bronco yeah, or whatever. Just Honestly, roll me over. Probably, but I like to think there's a metaphorical side as well, where he's like talking about life in terms of, or as a, or he's using it as a metaphor for life. Yeah, I believe that is correct. I think he's speaking both in plain terms and saying like, "Here's what you got to do. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to keep getting up on that bull. You just gotta roll me over and put me in the right direction, and let me do that. But also let me do that in my life, which is a, a strange and beautiful chaos." Yes, I was trying to uh, make a sexual connection just because the rest of the song is about um, girls, uh, a certain female at one point. Um, yeah. But and... I don't know how much of that is there. Also, I was listening to Velvet Green by Jethro Tull, which I'm pretty mm. sure is just about like having sex in the woods. Right, okay. Well, yeah, and there's, I mean, riding is pretty, pretty easy jump to, to boning down. That's true. That's so true. I mean, talking about yeah, he's li- yeah. literally bouncing from one woman to the other. So uh, in some sense, I'm not saying he's like rapid fire, but he is moving in that. He's on the road. Yeah, the the rodeo travels. Mm-hmm. From town to town. So yeah, that's how it so works. He's just saying, let, let me, let me, yeah. So let me ride romantically through this as well. I think I think it is just a general life philosophy. He's like, you yeah, know, I guess so. Rodeo is life, and life is rodeo. Now we find out about when he lost his virginity in verse, in verse three, right? Like, that has to be what it is, right? Uh, kind of. Maybe. I was took in Texas. Took I did not Texas. know her name. Lord, all these southern girls seem the same. Down below the border in a town in Mexico, I got my job busting Bronx for the rodeo. That would be the start of it, right? Because he's talking about being in the rodeo before that, but then he's saying he got his job doing that then so that's where he started is that what you're saying right oh maybe oh maybe you got started on bronx in texas that's where you first learned the love of it and then he moved down to mexico to, to get his first actual job doing it is that what you're saying um no i thought i was just trying to make sense of what you said or okay, elaborate well. on it um i mean it's again uh, about a, a woman but he's kind of saying they're they're flowing together you know they they start to all seem the same um, right and then also part of like he's traveling across the border which is not really a big deal which is kind of part of the like cowboy aesthetic thing of like the border's not well established you can go across the border it's fine it's not a right. physical thing and i guess maybe looking for something different than the southern girls of the united states yeah maybe maybe um Although he also says he's took in Texas, which I mean, I, I looked up took and mm-hmm. it's just like, it's like being taken in, like being fooled mm. um, or conned even potentially, but I don't know exactly what that. Yeah. I think it's, you could be sexually conned. Maybe he was took into this lifestyle after meeting some mm. woman in Texas. True. And then so he's like, well, I got to keep doing this now. <laughs> I guess took could also just mean like that's where he started and that's where like the bug got him kind of thing. Yeah, that's where, where cowboy first got into started it. kicking in. He's like, yeah, I could I could live this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then that's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the lyrics, man. Well, I guess there's like, the other part. There's the, there's the, the like, breakdown. breakdown part. 
where he yeah. does bring the roll me over and turn me around back and right. here it it is it feels like it's a much more sexual context because he'll move his fingers up and he's down. quite and then he says i'll move my fingers up and down and it's like a very soft part of the song that's what i think right well i thought it was either about that or about playing guitar for some reason oh, like those would be the only yeah. two things it could be maybe I think the sexual one makes more sense in the context of all the other lines in the song, though. It's about it's a lot. It's about it's about women a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Also, in the second chorus, he says "running free with the buffalo" instead of riding in the rodeo. True, changes that a little bit. Um, buffalo, of course, are a real symbol of kind of the what was to like the settlers, untamed West. Mm-hmm. And the buffalo skull is a big symbol of that too. Buffalo skull above the door kind of thing. Yeah. Or in the desert. Ooh. That's um, right. So we got yeah, we got the buffalo and then he says, It's okay, amigo, just let me go riding in the rodeo. Yes, which I would take to mean that this is him like leaving one of these women kind of thing. Mm-hmm. One, he calls them amigo as almost like a way to distance himself like we're like this isn't a long-term relationship you know friend um and just like just let it go like it's temporary kind of thing Mm-hmm. um yeah and then of course that's further like kind of solidified in the final two lines of the song it says roll me over and set me free cowboy's life is the life for me Mm-hmm. which are the other unique lines yeah, so that's all the unique ones. So is it really just about how being a cowboy is, like, freeing? And while you will find yourself stopped in certain places for romance, you're always... Always moving? Moving, and so you you, you gotta just... You gotta let him be free. You gotta roll him over and turn him around and let him keep going. Sometimes I wonder if that is the, like, cowboy dream. Like, what else to it is there but, like, that freedom idea mm-hmm. you know i mean so like really i don't have that much exposure to cowboy stories but red dead redemption the video game i have played that and a lot of that is mm-hmm. about you know the encroachment of kind of the the civilization on on the frontier and the frontier represents freedom and the civilization represents control sort of thing so that's right it's a big part of the of the cowboy story and aesthetic Mm-hmm. Yeah, this idea of sort of civilization trying to bring you down, and but you are able to, in the frontier, you're able to do, well, you're, you live off the land, you live by yourself, and you're able to find just whatever you need, right? Yeah, freedom and solitude. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a solo version of, of the pirate um, fantasy. Right, or yeah, where you have a gang or a crew in, in pirate life, cowboys. While well, they do team up sometimes. True, there is there is a cowboy crew um, fantasy as well. Usually mm-hmm. they rob banks though. Yeah, it's, it's usually bank heisting. They're yeah, they're more a product of the encroaching civilization than than of the frontier sort of lifestyle. And that's what it's like to be a cowboy. Yeah, there is almost <laughs> the ideas present here aren't so far removed from Here I Go Again, which we talked about last week. Of like what, knowing kind of what you want, but also having to keep moving. 
Yeah. Which, uh, as you may recall, is also a theme briefly touched upon in the um, in the classic film Shark Boy and Lava, the Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D. Uh, you have that to is... keep moving, or you'll die. Or you'll die. That's right. Yeah. Briefly touched upon in the. That's intro. a thing Never that really... gets that gets said one time and then doesn't come back up, as far as I can yeah, tell. Yeah, you thought. I, yeah, I thought it was gonna be like, oh, and he Shark Boy learns to do that, but uh, no, it <laughs> uh anyway. I'm out of movie references. I'm out of movie references. This is about cowboys. It's a. It's this one almost has this, a similar vibe to "Don't Look Back in Anger," where I feel like lyrically it doesn't convey as much as I feel emotionally while listening to it. Right. This one, the story I think is a little bit more coherent, but it's still very much like cliches and vignettes of like mm-hmm. there was a woman, but that's in the past now. I'm gonna go rustle up some cattle or whatever. Like, yeah, well, I, I got a job in Mexico one time. Yeah, like I'm in Texas, go to Mexico sometimes, ride ride horses and yeah, rodeos. and run with the buffalo sometimes. Yeah, and also ladies. And also ladies, and also, it's okay, amigo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's um, That's the song, but it's got a really, it's, I mean, a lot of the song is... As much as I like the lyrics, I think it all fit, it fits together very, very well. Um, mm-hmm. As like all the disparate parts, because it's got like strong riff, strong um, delivery of the lyrics from Phil Lynott. Yeah, Phil has got killer vocals. Yeah, I mean, let's He's... talk. Let's talk about that. Let's. I mean, let's that was... talk about this. Um. He comes in pretty early on, but it starts with like some gentle, very gentle for the first verse, um, guitar picking. Basically, it's kind of like a—I don't think it's quite an arpeggio, but it's like at times picking an arpeggio, and then it'll do little like uh, group of hammer-ons or something. Um, something yeah. I looked up, and I'm assured is called a double stop, mm. um, which as far as I can tell is like, it means you're playing two strings with one finger. Like you hold two down, you play them both and then hammer on one of those strings. So it's kind of like a change in your, um, um, okay. Interval. Right. And plays that for a bit. And it's very low too. It's quiet, but it also like, at first I thought it might be like a bass played really high. Only right, because, no. pa- partially because it's single notes and it's pretty clean. Yeah. Uh, but it is not. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the vocals come in. And they're also very gentle at the start. Not just quiet. There's one later on that's just quiet and it's weird. Right. Um, and then some harmonica, too. Just for the Yeah, it's harmonica as well. Like, really, like... It's not country music, but it is like no. the movie ideal of cowboy music. Yeah. Gentle guitar, harmonica, and it and him talking about like the campfire light and the way he is singing that, it's you're there. You're right there listen to this cowboy sing. Yeah, it it at, feels at very like sentimental, almost like he's reminiscing or just like thinking I don't know. He he, he seems relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even we'll get into this a little later, but the way the guitar is played is a little bit relaxed as well. Yeah. Like compared to some of the other versions, they're really like relaxing into the part and it's just kind of happening. 
mm-hmm. in ways in I can't like, articulate very well. Yeah, like the tone of instruments is and, and uh, vocals and how they choose to to attack lines. Like in in uh, in uh, theater, uh, a common practice for actors is to verb their lines. So you attach a verb to each line to sort of get an idea of what the character is trying to do with each sentence. Mm-hmm. So some, sometimes it'll be like pleading or it'll be like commanding or whatever the fuck it might be. And each line should have a different verb attached to it. And it almost feels like that's what's been done here in a sense where each part of like each line he says and each uh, like riff or lick the guitar plays all seems to serve an, an individual purpose that's part of the the greater whole here and because we're gonna find with some of the covers they just kind of do your arbitrary this line hits hard this line hits soft and we'll go back and forth between those but really like phil delivers a performance on this uh, i don't really know why not why not de- delivers a performance on this that is very <laughs> nuanced and it comes off as authentic, despite despite the lyrics being maybe just sort of, uh, you know, a cliche. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely, like, like, it's acted, but it's, like, believable. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I'm buying it, you know? I'm buying it, and it, it it's so natural, because, you know, from hitting the hard lines after, like, once we get past this intro, and he just lets rip on I Am Just a Cowboy, like, that delivers. And then he goes low after that, like, it all hits exactly the right mark. And that's, I think, part of what makes this song such a standout is his vocal performance is well acted. Yeah, I mean, not just the, like like Thin Lizzy songs, because like mm-hmm. this is kind of his style. Yeah, um, it really is. But it's, it's a very, very cool and unique style. Uh, it must be very hard to do because I was thinking about that. Like when I sing, it doesn't sound like this at all, obviously. But like, how how do you imbue singing? with so much personality and not have it sound musical theater. Yeah. You know, it just sounds so natural. Yeah. It really um, does seem as natural and it's and not like exaggerated. Things. Just, yeah. I don't know. It's great. It's good. It's good. I it's like really it. good. And that was like, cause they released the, the uh, like a three pack of Thin Lizzy songs to rock band. But it was after the passing of Phil Lynott. It was a live version by Thin Lizzy, but with uh, one of the guitarists singing instead. Oh. And, and it was so, when I heard it, because uh, I was looking forward to, to singing along with, with the Phil Lynott vocals, but it wasn't that. It was one of the probably one of the most disappointing rock band experiences for me because this vocal performance is so natural and so much something you want to imitate that to hear some other voice coming through on it is... I mean, it's got a lot of work. It's got a lot of ground to cover, and, and the guitarist can't can't do it justice. Yeah, it's big shoes to fill. Big but shoes to fill. It's great on this recording. Mm-hmm. And that's to say nothing of the guitar performances yeah, on this. Song, absolutely, which is also phenomenal. I mean, first of all, the riff from the song. Like again, simple, right? like i don't know it's the sort of things like how do you even come up with that it's it's so like this this one's such an earworm to me um just that riff getting stuck in my head and just every once in a while kind of popping back up kind of thing yeah Um, and then like they come in with that there's like the guitar and the bass play together um and then they bring in another guitar yeah, your your hard rock guitar comes in on it on the second repetition of that 
which is bringing us from the the sort of low down quiet prologue to the very upbeat and big first verse yeah um and also i i just i i wanted to bring out the snares because i i like the snare Mm-hmm. In this part, it's just which I think is just playing with like both sticks kind of thing, like hitting with both sticks. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of like everything about this song. So uh, yeah, this song <laughs> rips like so fucking hard. It's crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's beyond it's beyond my understanding. It it just it hits on so many levels. It um, really does. So they get into the second verse there, um, and then that's also where the sort of two like dual what what i've seen described as like a, a double harmony or dual harmony guitar basically there's two rhythm guitars playing and they're playing different strumming patterns to the same chord progression but it sort of weaves together mhm and it's a it's not something that you hear that much it really isn't and it's because it's crazy because it gives you that hard rock effect where you want to listen to the guitar where you feel like the guitar is is the lead part but you're right like it's just two rhythm sections combined and then you've got the vocals over top of it like the fact that they all mesh together so well is is nuts yeah i i mean i guess i'm sure they they must be informed by one another like they're not just playing Mm -hmm. random things like it's it all it all works together but I don't know how you would set that up. I don't know if you'd have to like plan out all the like harmonic uh, interactions to make sure like you're kind of playing chords together when you do right. play. Uh, or if like know. one dude sets it up, he's like, "This is I'm gonna play this rhythm pattern." And the other guy goes, "Okay, here's how I can I can foil that. Here's where I fit in, and and you know do the other half yeah. of it basically." Yeah, but I mean, whatever it is, they're working together very yeah. well. Um, and then you've got a pretty pretty standard uh, rhythm section. Um, the, ba- the I mean, the drums will hit cymbals when the guitars go big at the end of certain phrases. But other than that, it's just kind of holding down the backbeat along with the the bass, which is played by Phil Lynott as well. He's the bassist and singer. He's the bassist. Uh, there's points where uh, in the later covers you can hear it better, like the bass line, because you can't mm-hmm. actually hear the bass that well. In this version, that's, that's correct. Yeah, um, I honestly thought I was like, oh, they added a different bass line, and then went back and listened really hard. I was like, no, I think it's there. You just barely hear it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and yeah, that bass line does kind of mirror the the general rhythm of the guitars. Later on, it gets a different pattern. We'll we'll talk about it later when we can hear it a little better in the other versions. Yeah. Um, yeah, fucking... Chorus. Chorus. The drums do change. There's a lot more cowbell. I think it's cowbell. Yes. Um, it sort of feels like halftime. They don't, like, slow down, really, because the rhythm feels the same, but some things slow down, so it feels a little slower in some ways for the chorus. And then they add that, uh, cowbell, which... Yeah. Sometimes I don't know if it's a cowbell or a woodblock. But you'd think a cowbell, right? It's a cowboy song, right? It's a cowbell song. Yeah. (laughs) I am just a cowbell. Lonesome on this. And and the uh, the guitar pattern is that that riff that we hear 
Yes, the riff on both guitars and even the bass. Like, they all support each other here. That's right. Um, A little bit of, like, guitar, like, stray strumming, sort of, between lines. Um, And then there's a little Mm. lick also at the end. Right. Very quick. And it moves us right into the to the third verse, um, where yeah, he, uh, they blast that. I think the third verse is pretty similar to the first. Yeah, they keep I mean, their the sections rather. like they don't change up too much between sections. Mm-hmm. Other than the first verse is, you know, very soft. Yeah. Um, next big change is pretty much end of the second chorus where he goes, yeah. "Here I go." Yes, and by "here I go," he means it's time for a solo. Yeah. And it is a solo. Uh, great solo. Great solo. Great solo. This song has two guitar solos. They yeah. both rip. And <laughs> <laughs> like, what else can oh, I this... say? The other thing about this solo is they still got the, like, I think both rhythm guitars are going in the background. That's right. So you can kind of hear those both. And then there's the guitar ripping above it. And, yeah, good solo. It's got some of the stuff, like, there's a like, like oh man there's great parts of the solo like i know i've heard um advice on solos is like hum your solo but this is a very hummable solo oh um, yeah it's just and like catchy it's it, one of those things where i know i've i've heard of um some opinions that maybe solos should be improvised exclusively but i feel like this is a pretty good case for like the the composed solo and i don't know if this was improvised originally but it it sounds so tight and like the elements come back later so i feel like it must be right yeah it is very well structured and i think both both can exist in harmony um certainly just just for the record you can even use like i imagine if you're playing this live it would be good to have sort of some of the key phrases of the solo but you know switch it up a bit particularly like the end of it because the very Mm -hmm. end even in some of the other versions where where they don't copy the solo they keep that stuff at the end to transition into the next part right because basically they do an instrumental chorus because they do that riff and then that leads to the breakdown segment Yes, that's after the bit I was mentioning, but okay, let's go to transition. The even the thing, <laughs> right? That part comes in, in in I think a later version that doesn't even copy the rest of the solo. That's right. It yeah, just sounds so cool. It. Yeah. Um, and then yes, they do another. They do the riff for just a bit, and then into our breakdown, possibly a bridge. It's sixteen bars, I think. So. I mean, a middle eight doesn't have to be eight bars, but it is yeah sixteen. Um, so the so this is where we totally break down. The guitars are playing a version of the riff. It's muted and it's a bit different. Like it's missing a few notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then drums are quiet. There's a lot of cymbal though. Yeah. Uh, that kind of like rings out, but it's like it's light. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, then, it's... sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna move on. So if you had something to say about that, 
about uh, the drums not really okay um i was gonna note that the they do the fake out at the end of the first like half of this yes they do verse. he sings his like quiet kind of shortened like intimate version of the it's not really the chorus but there's lines from the chorus so it kind of is right um yeah and then they they fake out they do yes you get the big the big guitar coming in after the up and down and you're like oh we're gonna we're gonna kick it up and then it goes right back down he's like it's okay amigo you're like oh shit there's more of this yes it's very amusing and it gets me sometimes too like i haven't listened to the song in a while i'm like yeah time for the second no oh oh no it's not yet um but it's really like strongly pushing into a new section with the like quick Mm -hmm. run up at the yeah, end like it's built for that yeah and then right back down into the low part um the bass is the only part that is playing the riff for the second that's right part <sighs> and then they actually do the transition yeah which same thing, but it actually happens this time. So exciting! So exciting! You're like, ah, oh, I don't know. You might be like, ah, oh, I, I would be like that. Uh, maybe you also would be like that. Oh, I'm 100 percent like that. I'm trying not to get too excited because <laughs> trying to maintain my composure. But it's very exciting to talk about because it's a very exciting part of the song. It's very exciting. It's a very exciting song. Yeah, and then it takes you into the the final chorus. Which, I mean, man, if you're not sold on this song by this point, I don't know well, what to tell you. I mean, there's a solo first. Did we well, talk yeah, about that's... Solo? that's we, we, I oh. thought that's what we were just talking Sorry. about, the solo. That, I was talking about leading into the solo. I'm not even at the solo yet. I'm about to be more excited. not even at the solo yet. Yeah, the, the solo happens. Yeah, it's kind of like the previous solo, but it's like been, been unleashed. It's like... Yeah. You thought that last solo was cool? That that was me holding back. Like this is my final form kind of thing. Yeah, that was that was the warm up. Yeah. And then yeah, oh, right here. Every time. Yeah, it's it's pure dopamine, man. Like it's <laughs> Um also, yeah, I don't just that like not not just that cuz it's kind of like the solos are similar. Uh mm-hmm. but it's also like you, you've come up so high cuz you you drop so low and you're like it's time like i i deserve this i deserve something and then it it gives it to you and you did deserve it Mm -hmm. and now you have it yeah it's exciting and then it it carries you right into the to that final chorus (laughs) yeah where i mean you got the harmonies going everybody's singing and then that that fucking finish come on the cowboy's yes. life is the cowboy's life for me. Life is the life for me. Life for me. And then the guitar is playing these like ascending chords in that time. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Everything. Yeah. Resolves at the end. And that's it, man. You're very excited. You're ready yeah. to go on and do literally anything. You're capable of owning the world seriously this is this is a hard rock classic like this is what other hard rock songs should aspire to because it's it's got it all baby yeah somehow somehow they have it has it all i yeah i don't fully know how i don't get it because it is just called cowboy song it seems so generic right (laughs) like it was even hard to look up because there's other songs called cowboy song there's other songs about cowboys that google's like did you mean this no, I didn't. 
No, I that's mean, just a song about a cowboy. This is the cowboy song. It's, yeah, it's fucking good. But it's a very cool. I mean, even though it really like ticks a lot of the hard rock boxes, um, it has a lot of unique elements. Like obviously the delivery. We talked about the two guitars, like the double harmony rhythm thing. Very cool. Um, but like, and then just like really good versions of what you'd expect from a hard rock song um guitar solos in particular yeah but like and like structurally it's nothing special two verses chorus verse chorus solo outro another solo in there that i forgot uh yeah. course like yeah there's like a breakdown but classic there's yeah. a breakdown just like very good stuff in, yeah. in that that's just good like it's just done really well and yeah, that's it's Thin Lizzy. Yeah, knew? I'm pretty sure the only reason, or like the first time I heard this song, was because you put it on a, a mix CD for me. Hell yeah, dude! I'm pretty sure. I'm, that's... I'm trying to remember how I found it, because I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, it would have been like high school, and I must have just been I don't know looking up Thin Lizzy songs, or it, it might have been because it was announced for mm-hmm. Rock Band. I thought I had to check it out, but yeah, it became a became a staple of mine pretty quick yeah it's, it's a very good song very good song um now we're going to talk about some very good covers and also some not as good ones yeah we're gonna talk about them all baby starting in the year 1991 with material issue um I, do i have the years a little mixed up maybe there was, I, I grabbed you... them off secondhand songs chingo to lunch is 2007 what yeah. What am I? Mine says 1988. For Jingo to lunch, I was going off maybe the uh, just this, when this album came. That out. is the album. Right. That makes sense because I, you know what? I even read their page. Is it Jingo to lunch first? I think Might so. Be. I okay, I did I go. I had it later and I moved it yesterday. Oh, okay. I I did my notes a little earlier, or else I might have taken note of that. That's probably it. Okay, so Jingo Day Lunch, 1988, you said? Yeah, 1988. Right, this is the German punk band from Berlin featuring a Canadian vocalist. Oh, I missed that yeah. detail. Yvonne Duxworth is a Canadian. She's the vocalist. Um, so these guys were kind of big in the punk scene. They played with the the Ramones and De Totenhosen, who we talked about on a prior episode. We did. For, we did. I think Whole Wide World. That sounds right. That yeah. sounds right, but I don't remember specifically. But I, I'd believe not that. For, not for sure about that. So this is um, the punk rock version. Yeah, pretty much. It's very fast. Um, yes. And it it like it never really gives you a chance to breathe compared to the original, which had like you know the breakdown and the beginning was slow, but this jumps right in. Um, I also thought it was fun uh, that it's a German punk rock band playing a song about American cowboys written by Irishmen. I know it's <laughs> <laughs> it keeps getting further and further from the source of Americana. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. Um, mm. Sonically. I really noticed the bass in this one. It's a lot higher, um, and it 
compared to the original, which has a very like deep sound in the bass, this feels very like high and tight. Yeah, definitely tight. You can hear each note like to completion. Like it's very almost staccato yeah. in the playing. Um, yeah, and uh, of course it starts off with that like distorted sort of decay noise. That yeah, just kind of like that feedback thing. I don't know exactly how to do it, but I think it involves like facing your amp and <laughs> right getting a bit of that going yeah. on and that's yeah, i mean that's a classic it reminds me of uh iron man by black sabbath oh so yeah it starts out very similarly yeah and then they get the voice in yeah, yeah. the iron man voice um what else notable about this one well it's it's just under three minutes long so it yeah. shaves off a couple minutes um and the reason yeah, we basically that, we cut out the prologue yeah. we do we do jump right um, into verse two. Start in, yeah, into verse two. Um, also, they say thinking about certain females, instead of yeah. a certain female. So it's like, I mean, the song is about many women. By the mm-hmm. sounds of it, I don't know. Kind of bringing that in earlier on. Yeah, bring that in. And does she say thinking or does she say singing? Uh, maybe singing. I, I get I kn- lost in a lot of her pronunciation at certain points. I miss. I'm pretty sure she doesn't once say roll me over no she says rodeo she says rodeo yeah rodeo which is an interesting choice that i find is maybe a, a way to make make it clearer because she seems to really like yeah glom onto that it's about a rodeo cowboy and so, so she's really been like okay it's the rodeo that is influencing his the cowboy's life rodeo turn me around rodeo let me go it's it's about the relationship with the rodeo which is kind of interesting yeah it's a bit funny too because she says rodeo so much yeah like a lot um but it's it's punk rock baby i don't know yeah it's rodeo um yeah it's funny rodeo let me go riding in the rodeo it's that's so punk rock um it's um they've all they've collapsed the guitar parts into one so mm-hmm. it's just one uh, rhythm guitar uh, but it's so much faster. I feel like it would almost just like bleed together if it was, if it was two. Yeah, it'd be hard to distinguish them. So better to just have them doubling up. Yeah, there's another thing I noticed just in the verse, like the guitar part. It feels at times like more like it's climbing more consistently, um, whereas like it's the same as in the original, but the original was more spaced out, so it had less of that. Just, just right. a feeling. But this one, yeah, definitely. You, can, you can definitely hear it. Cause yeah, it's much clearer to hear that it's a pattern that ascends. Yeah, um, but it's not actually changing. Uh, the vocals yeah. lag like the start of pretty much every section. That's right. Compared to the original, um, which is kind of funny because I feel like the original has a bit of a casual, laid-back feeling, and that part of that is the way they come in on the beat i think um mm-hmm. but this one is that still but like the much much less subtle version of it but it's punk that's what you do in punk you yeah. do things unsubtly oh <laughs> riding with his buffalo that's another riding line with his buffalo yeah <laughs> I, I think it might have been a mistake they left in but it's kind of a funny line yeah it is funny um, um, you get a yeah. ripping guitar solo after that. They do. They sort of emulate the solo. It's not quite the same. Um, there's like notes of the original, but there's more like kind of shredding, I guess. And it's more yeah, distorted. Yeah, it's more just focused on like energetic shredding. Yeah. 
which it's very energetic. It's very energetic. Mm -hmm. Oh, won't you clap your hands for me? She says. <laughs> yes, it's kind of in the place of the uh, breakdown. Yeah. They just do a little like, let's go, everybody, while they play the riff. Yeah. Pump everybody she up. Does, she does the do opposite. the I move my fingers up and down part. She does, but it it's not quiet, right? No, it's, yeah. it's everything's still ripping in the back. Uh, then we get another solo. Um, What else did she say? Rodeo set me free. The cowboy's life is the life for me. Yes, rodeo set me free. Yeah. Which I guess, yeah, the rodeo is the, is the way is the they're set factor. free. Yeah. Um, this was one of the ones, because the bass is so high and more noticeable, where you can hear the bass line in the verses more. Right. Um, which, like I said, I'm pretty sure is in the original, but you can't hear it very much, and it's kind of like... So it's like, I don't know. It's almost... A, it was a surprise, because it yeah. you like don't even notice it, or I didn't, in the original one. Yeah, it's, it's hard to hear in the original, and then you hear it on this, and you're like, oh, okay, there is something going on. And it's not just root, though. It's like... <laughs> There's a little bit of groove to it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one was good energy on it. I, uh, I Some of the the lyrical changes are strange, but in yeah. a punk rock song, it's much easier to, to glaze over those and say, exactly. hey. Exactly. Like, we just did the song. Good solos. Um, yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah. 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 And fast. Yeah. That's right. Now... Let's talk about material issue in 1991. Let's talk about material issue a little bit because I mean there aren't a lot of covers of this song, so mm -hmm. I, but I almost took this one off because mm. it was like, are there too many covers? Um, and I didn't, and I'm kind of glad I didn't, because they're a bit of an interesting band. I didn't learn too yeah. much about them, but I read up about them a little bit. Right. And it's considered power pop music. They were never super mm -hmm. popular, but apparently they were a bit of a big deal in some circles. Uh, certainly for the tragically hip. Certainly for the tragically hip. This is what I, yeah, I was surprised to learn. Um, I, w I was like looking them up and the page was saying some things about like, Oh, they, you know, their trademark is pop songs with themes of love and heartbreak. And a lot of their songs have girls names in the title. And I was like, gonna, gonna sarcastically rip into them for all that. And then I learned apparently escape is at hand for the traveling man, which is a song by the tragically hip is actually about, um, I forgot to write his name down. The front man, Jim Ellison, band, Jim Ellison yeah. uh, committed suicide in the nineties. And That's right. that was Gordon Downey's response was apparently writing this song. Yeah, because I think they, they knew each other. And, yeah. And Gordon Downey was a fan. So that was an interesting little little factoid. Yeah, and so this is off their, their debut like studio album called International Pop Overthrow, which um, there are several festivals in the States, uh, in Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago, named after that album, so... They do have, a, interestingly enough, sort of a, a lasting legacy. Yeah. But I just don't know anything about it. They're, yeah, they're it's very... Never heard of them. 
No, it's a surprise. And this is maybe not the best uh, example of why people give a shit about him, because it is a pretty safe cover. That's true. Um, obviously, different style. That's pretty much it. Um, they come in very similar. Yeah. There's um, harmonica. There's guitar, but it's you know a different sort of filter on it. Yeah. The I mean. The big thing I noticed about this is everything is much more compressed. You can really hear the quiet parts of the vocals pushed up in particular. So, like, you can kind of right. hear the saliva in, in his motions. Not, like, slurps right. or anything. But, yeah, you can hear yeah. a little bit. But then, other than that, like, pretty similar with that kind of compressed feel um, throughout. Yeah, which um, I said kind of feels very 90s. Like, it seems like this was something that would have been produced in the 90s. Yeah, it's kind of that, like, power pop slash um, pop punk sound. Heavy mm-hmm. compression. Uh, the other thing, compress, <laughs> um, is the the rhythm guitar parts. There's right, just one. Yeah. But they're a trio, so they don't have enough people to be playing two guitar parts. Jeez. That's right. They're just That's just greedy. Yeah, and of course the uh, the drums are actually quite loud on this. Mm-hmm. At least I found they're they're mixed a bit higher, sort of big, big. Tss, boom, tss, boom, tss. Right, I, I imagine kind of the power pop attitude would be trying to yeah part of that power pop presentation. Bring yeah, big make those beats hit big. Yeah. Um, the one... way he's singing. Sorry, I just wanted yeah. to make a note. Like last time we talked about power pop i think we've talked about it a couple times yeah but the last one i can remember was uh breakfast at tiffany's mm-hmm. um and i feel like there are definitely some things about the quality of his voice that are similar to the way that is sung as well and i said what about breakfast at kind of tiffany's? like a, a nasaliness or like a i want to say soft palate can't remember mm. which is the soft palate and which is the hard palate but like Some the voice is up a bit. On. Okay. In the throat. Yeah. yeah, it does seem like this this version does seem like of its time in a lot of ways. Yeah. Just in terms of its presentation, yeah. the vocals are yeah, it all feels very much in that element. Um I was going to note the the very minor uh switching of where all is in the the Southern Girls line. In the original, it is, oh, Lord, all this. these southern girls seem the same. And he says, Lord, these southern girls, they all seem the same. Which the effect is exactly the same, but I just thought it was but interesting. It's, it's moved. Um, yeah. Uh, one other thing to note, because it is pretty close, um, mm-hmm. is in the original, between the solo and the breakdown, they play the riff. But it turns out you can fit a chorus in there. So these guys actually fit a chorus in there which kind of turns the solo into a middle eight right kind of although the breakdown is maybe more of a middle eight but anyway um thought that was interesting they insert another chorus in without actually extending the song yeah at least not by much like three seconds longer and probably most of the silence like (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's the same it's the same yeah ultimately yeah that's the that's the thing right this version is just kind of the same as the original and it's since it was when i was listening to this playlist the first one after the original it really just made me appreciate how good the original is i was like oh yeah the original really does slap like i get why material issue <laughs> wants to cover it because i also want to cover it but yeah 
listening to this, I'm like, I don't know if it can be covered effectively. It would be very difficult. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, like, we'll, yeah. s- we'll see what everyone else does. Yeah, we'll see. Also worth noting, they took a song out of the title. They just, their version's just called Cowboy. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah, it's just called Cowboy, which is why I didn't find it at first. It was I, I thought mm-hmm. I could only find it on YouTube. Then I realized I just needed to search the actual song name. Ah. Uh, well, with that, we're going to talk about, a year later in 1992, Golden Smog. Golden Smog. I am Which um, apparently they are kind of a, an alt country rock supergroup with a yeah. rotating membership. So I don't this know exactly like a, who was involved in this particular recording. But. In 1992, Dan Murphy and Dave Perner of Soul Asylum, Gary Lewis and Mark Perlman of the Jayhawks, Craig Johnson of Run Westy Run, and drummer Chris Mars of the Replacements is who was on this. Record. Oh, the Replacements, eh? Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And so interestingly, on this um, album that they released, this is uh, an EP of covers called On Golden Smog. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were all credited under pseudonyms due to contractual obligations, so they weren't (laughs) technically, like, allowed to make this EP, and so they they released it under a bunch of pseudonyms, which is interesting. But yeah, it's... uh, Outlaw Country. Yeah, it is Outlaw Country. It's a rotating cast, so some some of the bands we listed... Soul Asylum, The Replacements, Wilco, The Jayhawks, Run Westy Run, The Honey Dogs, and Big Star have all had members at some point in this band or another. And, yeah, I know The Replacements and Wilco. I don't know any of the ones that probably make this a country group. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Wilco's a little, little country. Oh, okay, sure. I, I feel like so we talked else. about Wilco. I guess they're more like alt-rock, but... Yeah, they're more like alt-rock, I thought, in my I understanding. Thought... When we talked about them, like, it was a little country. Just a little bit. Sure. I'll allow it. Maybe just in a folky way. Maybe I'm misremembering it. Maybe. Anyway, this version. What'd you think? Um, it's, uh, it was an interesting one. We get a dude kind of yeah. talking the lyrics at the start through a... It sounds like the whole time, like, he's through a sort of fuzzier mic or something. There's definitely more fuzz in this version. Yeah, just in general, for sure. Um, I thought it was weird his delivery particularly in the intro Mm -hmm. because this is and i mentioned this earlier this is what i was referring to it almost seems like he's not actually doing it quietly and he was just turned down but throughout the song the vocals i think are a little bit low in the mix Mm. in ways that is not doing the song any favors in my yeah i think the vocals are a big draw on this one so to it's one thing to undercut them with this sort of like spoken performance. I think that could work, but yeah, there is something about the mixing that is is off. And um, the guitar is pretty similar to the original. It is. No it harmonica is. this time around. Uh, lyrical change right off. Yeah, the I bat. thought that was weird. The the more country version is the one that doesn't have a harmonica. Harmonica, yeah. But um, they don't have it. Yeah, this one didn't really sound alt country to me. No, they definitely go more in the hard rock direction. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if they're a little uncomfortable in that direction, because I yeah. I didn't 
really care for this one for several reasons. Yeah. Mostly the vocal delivery. I think it doesn't really work. And then in his intro, I like, I don't buy it. The original, it feels so casual. You know, it feels so natural. This feels much more forced. Yeah, Um, and weird. I was like, and he's sort of like frying. Yeah. He's got like this vocal fry thing going on. Yeah, so I'll ride out. He gets like too low at some point. It feels like he's really trying to get down there. Mm hmm. I don't know. Yeah, not great. Uncertain sundown. He does say that as well. He does say that as well. A little bit of mystery. Uh, But, I mean, the the sun always comes down. True. I think the uncertainty is if he will survive to the sundown. Ah. I think that's what that means. Okay. Um, Big energy on those guitars when they come in on the riff. Yeah, it's hard not to. It's a very exciting riff. Yeah. Uh, Again, both the rhythm guitars, they've got enough people. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we turn into a, a sort of, like, garage rock composition overall both with the poor mixing of vocals and the fuzz <laughs> coming from the guitars there is quite a bit there's quite a bit of fuzz yeah there's quite a bit of fuzz um very noticeable when we get to the solo but that's later I won't that's jump right and far. um i mean he says lord those southern girls like a lot of this is again very safe uh so he yeah. he doesn't have the the word all in there at all right just so i mean means the same thing though Mm-hmm. Um, he also says, "I set out with the rodeo." This is the third verse. I I feel like right. there's not a lot of difference. I didn't write a lot about the chorus. The chorus they do the riff on the yeah, guitars. It's pretty standard. Um, kind of a thinner sound to the guitar. Um, but instead of talking about busting Bronx for the rodeo, he just says, "I set out." with the rodeo which again that's what the story says but it's kind of less flavorful that way it's just yeah, like, it's like i joined the rodeo instead of like i i did this thing with yeah the rodeo. i bust like, bronx come on yeah, like that that's such like i don't know it doesn't i don't know if it even means anything but like it, it sounds cool yeah and so this is one that where the the solo starts out much different but at the 250 mark it references that part you talked about in the original yes um my opinion on this solo is it's not bad it's fuzzier it sounds fine it's it would be very difficult to supplant the version that i've listened to for years in my mind at this point yeah uh but it is a different solo and it's decent as far as i can tell yeah i I like the fuzz tone on the guitar i wonder if they could have done more with it in the rest of the song yeah fuzz is cool like fuzz yeah. Um, the other thing they do is, like in the Material Issues version, they turn that post-solo section into another chorus. Right. Uh, which happens a couple times, at least twice, as we have discussed. Yeah, this would be a couple of times. <laughs> and and then, yeah, um, like you were saying, you get that fuzzier guitar in the... Or you weren't saying this specifically, but you were talking about the fuzzier guitar. Good sound on that fuzzier guitar. Uh, with the riff and the breakdown, it's kind of more muted. Yeah. With that fuzz, good sound. I, I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. It's uh, it's not a bad breakdown too. He he takes his own sort of time with the vocal part. He does. He which... does take his time. Yeah. And this part, this is where I start getting more of that vocal effect. 
And by right. the end of the song, I, I'm more believing his delivery. I don't think the intro is very strong. Yeah, I think. But by the time he gets to the like, breakdown, it's okay, or or it's it's yeah, yeah. much improved. He, he's much improved. finding his own, right? Yeah, it's just unfortunate that it actually took the the, yeah, took the course of, of the, the song. song to get yeah. there. Swung. Yeah, because I yeah I did find the breakdown to be good, and I thought uh, that's where I yeah I was like oh the vocals are actually not bad, but yeah the start is so perplexing mm-hmm. that when you get here it's it's much different. And uh, um, there's another sound I just yeah, wanted to, uh, when they do, because they do the fake out riff, and then, of course, the actual transition into the next part, there's there's like a, a really, there's a bright edge on the guitar sustain that's playing, which kind of reminds me of of an organ, with that like higher end part of an organ. And I don't right. think there's actually an organ playing, it's some kind of effect, but it's an interesting like harmonic to put in there because i think a lot of time you would shave that off because it's a little bit harsh um, yeah but but it's it's on that interesting sound yeah uh, yes and yeah it might be hard to hear it's it's pretty it's pretty slight and i had to yeah. listen to it a couple times but because I, I i thought there might be an organ there in there somewhere and i don't think it is it's just a uh, higher end aspect to that guitar. Yeah. Um another solo. Pretty similar to that. Yeah, it's it's closer to the original, I think. Yeah. Um there's some faster parts though. What else happens? They um change Cowboy's it up. Cowboy's life bit. is the yep. is the one for me. He's the one. Yes, he does. And he, he changes up his uh like his cadence there a little bit. He says like Yeah. How does that go? It's like Cowboy's life is the one for me. Like, it's faster. Mm-hmm. Instead of slowing down, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah, he rips through it. Cowboy's life is yeah. the one for me. Yeah, and he says, uh, he, he says the "Let me be" twice. Yep. Roll me over and let me be, and then he. he, he Cowboy's life is the one for me. Like it's. Me. Yeah. Got that. Got more of a rhythm there. Which I guess. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So this one kind of like. Once a dosey do too. I, I think the first half isn't great, and then when you hit the fuzzy guitar solo, things improve, but it's not enough to to make it a a standout version. Yeah, it struggles a bit. It struggles mm-hmm. a bit at times. So overall, the, yeah. not amazing. Not amazing. I like the reference to the original solo. Since that is such a that like I think it's good to 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 bring that phrasing in. Mm-hmm. I always like that when when bands do that when they'll sort of like reference the original song or even reference a different song by that artist with with some guitar pattern. <laughs> That's and always stuff. fun. Like, it's always fun. Um, what's also fun is to talk about heavy metal bands from New York City, which is why we're going to talk about Anthrax. Anthrax. Um, a heavy metal band that I have heard of. Yeah, one of the big um, four. They're they're a big deal. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, one of the leaders of the thrash metal scene. Uh, Scott Ian is the only constant member of the band. Yeah, they've um, had like yeah. pretty significant lineup changes. This in particular is off their sixth album, 
which this is a new vocalist actually for them. It's the first album with hmm. John Bush. John Bush. Yeah. Um, way to go, John Bush. Way to go. <laughs> They've also, overall note, it's like a little bit faster. Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I also want to note that after this album, one of the band members, Dan Spitz, left to become a watchmaker. That doesn't have any impact on this version <laughs> of the song or anything, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's uh, quite a vocational change. So yeah, this one is faster. Um, right off the bat. They do the intro. We got some bass playing root notes. They, they do. They do the intro. I think, to me, this sounds... Um, compared to the ones we've talked about, like just in terms of guitar playing skill, chops, as you may yes, say. As you might say. This feels the most competent. Yeah, this is a competent band. This is, I mean, yeah. this is 93. They've been around. This is their sixth album. Yeah, it, it comes off as very competent. Just like the way they play the intro. It's just, they, they, they nail it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, even come to that riff, like it's it's the riff, but with a little bit of anthrax distortion on there, like it's a little a little harder. Yes, yeah, it's a little more of that. Like even even in the intro where they they keep it fairly soft, uh, there's just like a little bit of overdrive on that guitar, like a little more. Um, and and but it stays low, in mm. energy and in frequency. That's right. Um, and I think the delivery, I mean, comparing it to Golden Smog, it's better. Yeah. It, this is like, but, you know, I'm just, <laughs> just talking shit about Golden Smog at this point. Um, yeah, exactly. Because I didn't like their intro. <laughs> they also, I believe, they, they seem to keep the single, or move, use the single rhythm guitar. Um, which had me wondering, be, just because this is like more of a metal sound. Uh, mm -hmm. If having that multiple rhythm guitar uh, set up would be like too much because it's a little wider. I don't know. Be a little muddier. Right. Maybe. If you need to be a little more, yeah, a little more focused and focus on just kind of big energy on that one rhythm guitar than, than having two and having a little bit of that intricacy on. Yeah. Like you said, it might get muddy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But they maybe. do add in a little extra oomph on the drums. The drums aren't going like full on metal, but they are bringing in a little bit of that element to to provide a stronger rhythm section. So, do you think that's just in the tone? Yeah, I think some of that's tone. Um, some of that is in. I mean, like there's a bit of double kick at some points. Ah, uh, yeah. Like some of it's, it's it's small techniques. You it's gotta not have big. a little bit of double kick. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, one thing I noticed overall. Uh, because it's very, very close in structure. Yeah. Um, they even, they don't add the, the sneaky chorus. They just play the riff in that part. Um, they kind of feel like they're attacking the song more. And maybe metal's just kind of more aggressive as a genre. But as right. I, I mentioned in the original, they kind of feel more like they're relaxing into the parts. And this right. one feels like they're really like playing very much on on the beat maybe even, right well i don't want to say a little too before I, I don't may, well i don't know about two on the beat but in terms of the feel of the song it feels a little bit more um i don't know if aggressive is the right word but like it it's less laid back 
Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like even on that, uh, even on the chorus, like he is doing cowbells on the drums to jump back to the drums here and a bit of that aggressive yeah. energy, but like it is, that's a metal cowbell drum going on. <laughs> it's a little, little more happening. Yeah, so it is a little more aggressive. I found it very interesting that on a cup, on two lines in particular, he puts in, he injects just, a, just a tinge of cowboy, a little bit of yeehaw energy. It's gotta both have yeehaw energy. It's cowboy. Song, the, the here I go line and the line at the end. The cowboy's life is the life for me. There's a bit. It sounds a bit cowboyish to me. In which in, I thought, in what way? Like in in his kind of accent, almost. Yeah, like, like just like there's a bit vowels. of a drawl or a twang to it or something. Like he he just hits it a little bit. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what does he like laugh or something. Yeah, some. Yeah, yeah I hear like, that. Cowboy's go. laugh is the life for me. Laugh for me. Yeah, he's. Yeah, it is in life. So a little, think, little bit of that. Yeah, I think in the same sense that like feeling. the original is not a is not a country song, but it pulls on country ideas. I think to throw in a bit of that twang while you're playing a, a, a metal or more metal version of the song is just like yeah, it gives it a bit of that connection to this fake country. <laughs> right, especially like this is an American band now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where this guy's from, but they're from New York. They're not like from the south but you know they're i mean i guess we're all yeah. aware of what it sounds like to be a stereotypical cowboy but maybe you'd be more likely to actually use that accent if you're american yeah so this is i mean like it's one of the biggest bands we're talking about this week they're one of the big four of metal yep um yep. and this is them right in mid-career like 1993 it's very competent like we've said there's a bit of a metal twist on it um, it's not wildly different from the original, but there no, even sh- sorry, we didn't mention the solos. I just wanted to bring them up briefly, um, because right. it was relevant to what you just said. Um, they do like copy the solo. It yeah, has that do. like more attacking feeling to it, but it is a copy. And like I said, they've got the chops. Like they've they got the it. chops. Um, and the, I would yeah. have liked to see something more of their own style. Feel a little more to- metal there. Yeah, similar to Golden Smog, put in some references to the original, sure, but yeah, do it Anthrax style. Uh, what was interesting to me about the second solo in particular is it mm-hmm. sonically sounds a lot closer to the original, just because the sound changes in the second guitar solo, possibly just because right. he's playing harder. I, I don't know, um, but it they kind of like in terms of timbre are a little closer, um, just because they go so hard in that second solo. <laughs> In the original. Yeah. Yeah, dog. Yeah. You know dog. what, dog? Yeah, dog. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a, a perfectly fine cover. Yes. Now, sticking Less in the vein of, of heavy metal, yeah, less laid back. We've got Steve Grimmett in two thousand. Yeah, heavy metal vocalist. Um, he's been in a few different bands. This is solo, though, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so also, he's been in. It's a want me to rattle off these bands here really quick? Yeah, Medusa, rattle, rattle some bands. Grim Reaper, Onslaught, Lion's Heart, The Steve Grimmett Band, and Grimstein. Grimstein. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really, I don't know any of those bands. 
Nor do I. Um, I mean, obviously, I think the last two are his sort of personal projects. Yeah, so I don't know if maybe one of those was involved in this, only because this is just credited to Steve Grimmett. Uh, it's yeah. also off, like, it's a tribute compilation mm-hmm. to Thin Lizzy, I believe. Yeah. The front, the album kind of, yeah, it's tribute to Thin Lizzy. The album artwork kind of looks like Jailbreak. Right. Yeah, it's it got, does kind of. It's got like a TV on it. Um, One other it, important thing to note about yes. uh, Steve Grimmett that he's apparently popular in Greece due to his resemblance to a uh, some a, a some Greek, Greek politician, politician which yeah, is Evangelos Venizelos or something thing. like that. Imagine if like, yeah, imagine being like kind of a little bit like not like super popular but like reasonably successful as an artist, and then for some reason you're also popular in Greece for some random reason. <laughs> That's so bizarre. Yeah, strange. Alex, what do you think about this version? Though? Um, Tell me. So, this version to me was very, very close musically. Um, really, his vocal performance is where the difference comes in, because right. it really felt like. I mean, I don't know what the situation was here, but it felt like they got some like studio musicians said, this is the song. Maybe give them sheet music. I don't know how studio musicians work. Maybe they have to do it themselves, but like they're recreating the song. It's a recreation and they yeah. are recreating it pretty close. Yeah. It's, it's, um, except for know, the solo. With, the solo is very different. That's right. But the rest of it's very, very close. And then... Steve Grimmett's performance, which is a little different and even has a little more, I would say, like hair metal to it yeah. compared to Anthrax. Because, like, when he's singing um, in the verses, I believe. Yeah, in the verses, he does like this high sustain on every other line. Yeah. He'll be like, riding so, like, first... on the range. <laughs> like, hair metal. Yeah, and so, like, the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, fuck yeah, like, this is gonna be cool. And then he does it like, every second line, and you're like, oh. Yep, he does that. Is, he I'm does a little bit that. sick of this. Um, also, his his uh, intro, which I kind of skipped over, is very a dramatic. A lot of yeah. echo, and very dramatic. So, it's kind of like, it's it's exa- more exaggerated, um, less natural feeling, but kind of like believable but it's definitely cheesier yeah um but he's he's given it you can't say he's not given it yeah i mean he's making the effort to try and be bigger than the original vocals and arguably he achieves that but without a positive result yeah Uh, he does he does okay i think i think it comes off just feeling but it's pretty I flat mean, in terms of the music. It's all just is, like yeah. it's all about his vocals, which I thought mm-hmm. was and like, his vocals. Fine. I think, or it comes off as, like I talked about earlier about actors doing you know verbing and stuff. This comes off right. as a high schooler's performance of this true. Song, it's, it's it's much it's much more simple, yeah, uh, or less nuanced, I guess. Yeah, it's it's he has a a dial with two knobs. It's, it's loud and quiet, and he just goes he back just and forth switches between back and forth. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that that's an accurate. Um, appraisal, I think. Um, yeah, I, I think there was some good effort put in here, and I mean, like you said, the it's it's really just a backing track made by studio musicians. And I think if he had taken the time to really 
you know, put together a vocal performance that conveys more emotion than check out how hair metal I can be. Yeah. And it would actually be engaging. Could have been more interesting. Yeah, it could have been like a good metal version, a good hair metal version even. Yeah, but it does kind of fall flat. You don't really get that the interplay between the parts. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least both are not improved or changed in the same ways. Yeah. I guess improved is the wrong word. So changed, I'm going to stick with changed. Yeah. it's. I think what's particularly funny for me is on the, the third <laughs> verse where he screams about not knowing this woman's name. He sounds like proud <laughs> about it. I did not know her name. <laughs> Yeah. Like, all right, yeah. buddy. It's just like, yeah. Does it? Doesn't do it. Does it? Doesn't. It's back and forth. It's, no. it's structural. It's not necessarily logical. Yeah. Um, it's like when we get those duets where they just trade off lines at random. You're like, oh, yeah. It's... Right. We complain about those a lot. Yeah. They just like yeah. trade back and forth, and you're like, but that, if it's a conversation, just to, I don't. <laughs> okay. Like, fine. It, it doesn't add up. <laughs> um. Also, for his breakdown. He does a ton of um ma 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 ma. I was gonna say ad libbing, but yeah, a lot of it is saying <laughs> ma 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 ma. <laughs> um, yeah, his breakdown is really just like an ad libbing opportunity. Yeah, and so he he doesn't do the second half, or does he? He does. He, he repeats the fingers it. part. Yeah. Yeah. Up and he says up and down. Right, oh, and just kind of screams wants... riding yeah. in the rodeo. <laughs> That's does, his big ad lib. Does that? Riding in the rodeo. Um, uh, the other thing. Um, so again, different solo, kind of more shreddy. Um, yeah. But then they kind of bring in the end, so that uh, the transition works the same. Um, and then for the last chorus, there's like these backup vocals, and they say, "Roll me over, roll me over." Yeah. Uh, so that I feel like that element there is kind of the like cheesy 80s hair metal that should have been present for the rest of the song like they could yeah. have done a bigger change it's that kind of thing that they should have more of because it's an 80s hair metal song so you always need more there's not right. never there's no such thing as too much yeah like his his goofy ass performance if it's probably not true accompanied anyway. by other goofy elements might have sat better but it's it's a sort of flat backing track yeah it's you don't just get it's not in, enough yeah, not it's enough. not enough. It's too little. Possibly even too late. It's yeah. I mean, it's too late for us to be telling this now. It's twenty twenty one. Twenty one years of much passed. too late. Much too late. Can, can you imagine if some artist like listened by coincidence to one of our episodes about a, a cover they did twenty years ago, and they're like, "They're right. I got to get back in the studio." Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> these two random assholes from Canada are right. Let's change everything about this song. Let's accept this criticism first of all, and yeah, then let's... re-record. It's time to re-record. Twenty years is long enough. Yeah, he's like, you know, th- this version of cowboy song could really be something if I gave it another polish. <laughs> Based on these two experts' opinions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're but, getting there. If we keep talking about it long enough. We will technically be experts. Yeah, we might even get better at some point. Am I right? That's right. Maybe we already have. Dead Ooh, yet. maybe we wouldn't Ooh. know. Um, here's something I do know. Yes. That we got one more version. We got one more. In the year of our Lord, two thousand one. One year uh, later. John Nitzinger. Nitzinger. I am just a cowboy, lonesome on the trail. Lord, I'm just thinking about. 
John Nitzinger just goes by Nitzinger as far as I can tell. Yeah. Professionally. Um, excuse me. Oh my gosh. Belching into the microphone. You, um, you know. What, yeah. Uh, I know. Words. It is. Um, up. Up. He's a blues rock guitarist. And this is an album of. It's a tribute to Phil Linus. That's right. Um, it looks like he's on the front dressed as Phil Lynott. Yeah, it's a very similar appearance um, to the one photo I've seen on Wikipedia. And also the title is The Spirit of the Black Rose, and it's in the Irish font. And if you don't know what that is, um, look at a a pub claiming to be an Irish pub. Oh, yeah. They'll probably have it. Right. I know. It like that, too. Like, I'm thinking of Kaylee's, which is a chain, I think. Yeah. Um, I think there are more yeah. of those That's in the, font the they universe. Use. I don't know how broad they are, but I know there's at least two in Calgary. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's course, that They're part of, like, some Irish pub conglomerate where they, you know, it's one umbrella company that has a bunch of different Irish pubs with different names, but it's all basically the same company. Well, what's nice about that is you only have to pay for one font. That's right. Um, actually, it that makes licensing easier. Yeah, I don't even know if that's a free font or not, but yeah, I don't know. Should be. I guess, uh, let's look at Microsoft Word. No, I'm getting off topic. Um, this version is much bluesier. Yeah, he is an American blues guitarist. So yes, he is. But I mean, compared to the other versions we've talked about, this. None of them change it as much, except for the uh, the punk one, Jingo to Lunch. Yeah, they follow so closely. There's basically these two versions that are like significant departures. Yeah, and this is a smart move. This is a song about I Americana. Agree. Yeah, and so he's he's reasonably. I mean, partially merit of just he is a blues musician, but he makes it into a blues rock piece, and it it's almost seamless. Like, it works so well to have this sort of, like, blues groove in the back. And just to have him ripping through the lyrics with this sort of rough voice. Like, it's, yeah. it's very smart. Um, yeah, he's definitely got a little gruffer voice. Uh, it Like, I described it, for the intro at least, as, like, earthy. Um, only because he just kind of, like, keeps it low. But, like, in a good way. And there's this really heavy flanger on the guitar. Yeah. Um, playing these like just sustained chords it's not doing what the original did it's not doing that picking pattern it's playing chords and then it's just this like flanger effect um yeah which makes for a very like spacey guitar yeah which is almost like well i not quite um like psychedelia but spacey spacey yeah it's it's in it's it's around that area you know um and he does this sort of half-spoken singing of the opening, which uh, I think works. I think it's, like you said, it's yeah. very earthy. Yeah. Kind of grounds it. And then they break into the song, and it's not the riff. It's just like he's going between two chords, playing like, dan 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 like kind of blues rock thing that I'm trying yeah. to think of another example. I know I've heard it before. It's, a thing I, it's like do. a... It's a classic. It it sounds like something you would hear in like in a blues bar or something. You know, you go there and it'd be like, oh, this is the song they play. Yeah, it's just like a blues 
like rhythm thing that yeah. is common. Um, and then uh, also yeah. walking baseline. Walking baseline. I was walking just going to say that. Um, some other things. I kind of like, like he adds just like some little things. Like in the chorus, he leads with like a you can, like yeah, you, you can, can roll, roll me, me over. over. And uh, really digs into some syllables. Like, it's very percussive. Yeah, he really does, like, bite those words. He's chewing, like, uh, yeah. Very percussive. Keep me spinning till I hit the ground. Like, hit the ground. But it's, like, it's a, it's a big change. Like, it, it's quite different. He does bring the riff in, though, for the chorus. Yeah. But it's also different. Um, like, it's, it's got this, like, triplet swing thing going on. So, yeah. it's kind of, I mean, uh, this is maybe an obvious move. Um, in the verse, uh, we talked about the walking bass moves the root notes for the chorus as the guitar moves from strumming to the riff. So you kind of trade off, which, I mean, then you can focus on one thing. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like a little bit, a little bit um, swung. Yeah, it is like it's full on blues. And a big energy. He he does he he has literally yeehaw energy on this because he he yeehaws into after <laughs> he does, the second he chorus. He shouts yeehaw after the second chorus. Um, yeah, very energetic vocals. Mm-hmm. It's like you gotta shout at that point. You gotta just yeah. expel that energy somehow because it's building up so much of it. Um, and then their solo, it also feels based on the original. Uh, but with like more blues, less of that quick shredding, at least early on. They kind of put that in later on, uh, mm-hmm. but it's a little slower at first. Um, and then f- it's like it's got the swinging rhythm kind of throughout. That really informs it throughout the whole thing. The whole song. yeah, it really does. Uh, there's also this comes in sometimes. Um, I noticed it on the chord. I'm trying to find no in the verse um there's just like a little bit of organ yeah just a little bit just a, just a, sometimes a you gotta put organ. a little bit of organ because i mean i guess in in the context of the blues it's filling a similar role to like uh, an ambient synthesizer right um might literally be a synthesizer but anyway it's it is there um any other cool things he does um, well, come, to, come to that breakdown. True and that's where breakdown. you really notice that this, this song has a quicker pace to it. Yes. Yeah. He connects it to the, the intro as well by going back to that sort of spoken voice. Yeah, he does um, his, his like low lyrics. vocals thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a, a repetition of the, uh, the Amigo uh, lines. He does. Actually, I wanted to address the, the fake out part. Because he changes mm-hmm. the fake out. He doesn't do... Because in the original, it's kind of this ascending riff. And then it cuts down low. So he still does the fake out, but he just does like a vibrato on the guitar. Just kind of a... Wah, right. wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so again, different, but like it's blues rock. Like Whammy Bar and blues rock? Of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, of yeah. Of course. It's, he takes this, this song about cowboys and gives it like American blues attitude. So it's... Yeah. Like it is a little sharper than some some of the softness of the original, but it com- it comes off as sounding very American. 
for lack yeah. of a better word. A little more. So it's it's like a it's two American genres. So I yeah. hope so. Uh, and then the guitar is back to that. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, right. Sorry. He he repeats that line like you said. It's okay, amigo. It's okay. Yeah. Let me set me free. Let me ride. He says. But he probably mm-hmm. says it cooler than that because I forget what the rhythm is. But <laughs> turn around. Turn around. And then brings up Boston Bronx again. That's right. Um, and then like similar parts to before, kind of mm-hmm. to his own thing for the rest. Uh, another solo, of course. Um, again, kind of based on the original. It starts with like one repeated note a lot. Yeah, it's it's like the original, but again, like not doing that shredding so much as it does big sustains. It's the blues, man. Are there bent notes in that's, there? That's the blues, baby. Kind of, yeah, it, like, holds, and then, like, you kind of get the, like, evolution of the note. Yeah. And he probably bends the string. He sure does. And then we get a big, big rock finish on this, like, like you would It's pretty big, too. Yeah. Very big outro. Like, the other ones have big outros, but, I don't know, this one's notably large. Fucking A. And that's, that's this version. That's all of our versions. almost has, right at the end... When he says "Cowboy's life is the life for me," mm-hmm. the way his voice sounds almost reminds me of uh, Lemmy. Okay. He like gets this little like gr- roughness in the back. The cowboy's life. I can't do it. But uh, anyway, on his "Cowboy's life is the life for me" line, and then some like fast. Cowboy's life is the life for me. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Cool version, I'd say, overall. I liked it. Very energetic. Um, good blues rock changes. What I would really like to hear is a better-than-YouTube-quality version of this. Yeah, because I, I, I worry that a lot of it was lost in this YouTube-quality version. Because right off the bat, I was like, is this what the guitar sounds like, or is this what the YouTube rip of this song sounds yeah, like? That's My assumption is that, and I couldn't find a better version. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, that yeah, that was that was our our latest cover in the year two thousand one. Yeah, it's been a while. Someone's got to cover this song again. Someone's got to cover this song. It's I mean I don't know if it can be done, but give it a go. We got three categories today. We're coming to our final verdicts here, as we always yeah, do. Yeah, three categories: worst version, best version, most cowboy version. Alex, worst version. Worst version. My worst version was probably Golden Smog. Mm. There's a lot of things. It did get better throughout. I don't know. There were a lot of things I could easily point at and say, didn't like that. Didn't like that. And I feel like if you're recording, like it's not a live version. It's not like they improved throughout a live performance. Our performance. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's like they were recording. And for some reason, the stuff at the beginning is much lesser than the stuff at the end. Um, so. I'm going to give it to them for that reason. That's fair. Um, in, in a similar vein, I'm going to give it to Material Issue. I don't, I don't think their version's bad. It's just very safe. Like, at least with Golden Smog, they made moves. And even if I have a reaction to that that isn't positive, I feel like it's, okay, you guys tried something. You experimented a bit, and that didn't work. With Material Issue, it was just like, here's our style, We and just let's do the notes from 
Cowboy Sonic. And again, like, it's it's a fine version, but it's just, I mean, amongst these cover versions, which a lot of them do just kind of hit that, it's just fine. Actually, um, you know what, I'm going I'm, I'm to give it to Steve Grimmett. I'm changing my mind. Material okay. Issues all right. all right. Steve Grimmett is the worst version of this. Because it just It feels, does kind of fall flat. It falls flat. It's weak. His, uh, his ad-libs aren't great. His vocal performance is contrived. And he doesn't really get any of the big cheesy elements to the end, like you said. And I think that's what he should have should have leaned on strongly and this is making it real hair metal because mm-hmm. it is a kind of a goofy song what he's, he's a cowboy that's like it that's is. the thesis statement of this song so play it up give me something huge but steve grimmett does not deliver on that and yeah it's a it's a worse version than material issue so now i feel bad for shitting on material issue but i didn't really say that much bad about it <laughs> steve grimmett worst version alex best version best version Hmm. I think for me the best version was Nitzinger. Easy, really yeah, absolutely cool blues rock version. Um, it was a good adaptation. The rest of them didn't really adapt very much, except for Jingo to Lunch, which is also a solid version. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, and the other versions had some things going for them, but this one just decided to completely give it a facelift you know different Damn. feel well similar feel but um but a different feel <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's, it's a different it's put like it in it the american with, south yeah it plays with ideas of what uh like what americana is and yeah it's like what if what if it's blues rock baby and it is and yeah nitzinger's the best it's he he you know he completely throws out uh some some iconic stuff to just be like we're gonna be a blues rock version of this and that's a bold move and it paid off. Yeah, I think. I mean, the in the original, the like dual rhythm guitar is notable, and that's a cool part. But I think mm-hmm. if you're covering it, you kind of have to get rid of it because yeah. it's like, unless you're like like you're either doing it exactly, or you're not quite doing it as good as that. So just like throw it out and do something different. That's I think exactly the, the solution to that problem as, yeah, as cool so he, as it is he distanced himself from that and then in terms of the other big element which is the effortless sort of cool delivery of these vocals he I get, he brings that into his own field he's like here's how we do it in blues rock it's a little a little bit more bite to it mm-hmm. but like it, it it he pulls it off it's a great version mm-hmm. indeed it is too bad Alex, it's such low quality yeah too bad i would really like a, a higher quality riff of this if you're out there John Nitzinger, please consider re-releasing this on Spotify or some shit. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Alex, Cowboyist version. Cowboyist version. Well, I mean, the Cowboyist version, obviously, material issue, because it's only called Cowboy. Hmm. And I, have, I have no other reason for that. That's, that's good. I'll take it. I'm going to give it to Anthrax, because of those two moments of Yeehaw energy. It did have Yeehaw that's, energy. It had a little bit of Yeehaw energy. I mean, Nitzinger That's... was pretty heavy on the Yeehaw energy, because uh, he actually shouts Yeehaw. Yeah, it's it's there in spades, but I feel like I gave him best, and I like to diversify True, yeah, my yeah. portfolio. Let's spread it out a little bit. Spread the love. Anthrax. And a, and a perfectly good technical version, just not overly exciting. But hey, a bit of cowboy energy there. Yeah. That's our final verdicts. If you've got a different opinion, similar opinion, want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at JakeTheCresty, at SomeAlexWiseGuy. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns. 
requests for future episodes. Rate us, review us. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app, my favorite podcasting app, Alex's favorite podcasting app. We're on all of them. Tell your friends about us. We have no marketing budget. That's our main segment. As always, it's time for a bonus segment in which I, I prepare something ahead of time, and then you you all rejoice and saying, oh, wow, what, what content is this? What content How joyous. is this? So good. So great. Um, Alex. Yeah. Mildenberger. Yes. Question for you and me and everyone else. What's the, what's the best song out of all three Donkey Kong Country games? What is it, Alex? <laughs> three Donkey Kong Country games? Um, the three originals for the Super Nintendo. That's correct. Not you can also the, pick Donkey Kong ones. Country Lands for the, the Game Boy if you feel those are better. I've <laughs> only played Donkey Kong Land 1, um, and I haven't finished it, and I don't remember the music. Okay. Uh, but I was referring to the uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns and Tropical Freeze. Oh, right. Yeah, well, if, yeah, if, if the other you feel that one of those is better, yeah, throw that um, in, too. Because the one, and I mean, I like a lot of them. A lot of them are great. But I think the one for me that hits the hardest is and i'm blanking on the name right now so i'm just going to um look it up real quick i should have it pretty soon is it gonna be snaky shanty it's not gonna be snaky shanty but i really do like that song a lot um i tend to learn it on um on instruments when i start new instruments but no this is actually from tropical freeze um okay and it is called it um grassland groove so it's um it's one that comes up in good memorable music from donkey kong country uh i think mm. a fair amount but like i i always like when i learn after the fact that things are well regarded i'm like oh i just like it on my own like i, I came right. to that conclusion myself and you can know for certain that you know it wasn't um an external influence because I, I remember playing the level and it's an early on level. It's not that difficult. Um, it's uh, I think we even played it because we played that game together. That's right. Um, it, it's like a parade. There's like a bunch of floats of animals. Right. And you kind of jump between these, these um, like paper mache and wood frame animals in the level um and yeah. and and the the song evolves throughout the level at different points um so there's kind of four different versions or three three or four that it like fades between um so the song i like on its own but also like the presentation in the level very cool um so i'm a big fan of that of grassland groove yeah i'm listening to it right now it is a good choice yeah it's it's definitely like not what i think of when i think of donkey kong country music yeah i just i have like this very strong memory of the first time i played the level well it's not that strong but i remember playing the level the first time and just like being really just like you know it just kind of like washes over you like this sound and Man. then playing the level it's, it's very yeah there's definitely an experience tied to it that said I mean, I I like Sticker Bush Symphony as as much as the next oh, fuck guy. Yeah. You know, Snaky Shanty, um, just mainline that shit. But that's the one I think that that uh, stands out for me. 
Fucking A. Um, yeah, so apparently David Wise's favorite, I don't know when this quote was, but he says uh, Aquatic Ambiance from Donkey Kong Country 1 is his favorite. That's a big one. That's yeah, a big yeah, one. Yeah. That one's killer. That one's really good. I think, yeah, me though, I think I'm a sticker bush symphony guy. It's, I used to it's just like leave the game on that level when I was younger and just like relax while that played. Oh, yeah? Yeah, this is a cool. fucking tight song. I, I, I was a couple times I just left it on that. Cause I was like, this is a good fucking song. So much like ambient stuff and then that little riff. Um, yeah. Another good one, Jib Jig. Yes. Uh, another one I like to learn on various instruments, uh, particularly the harmonica. It's a good one to play on the harmonica. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, Donkey Kong Country. I don't know why, but I've just been like listening to some Donkey Kong Country. Thinking week, about so Donkey that's... Kong Country. I played a little bit of the first first Donkey Kong Country this week, but for hey. some reason I couldn't get past the level I was on. Hmm. Like last time I played, I was like, "This game isn't actually that hard." And then I played this time, and I was like, "I can't beat anything." <laughs> I don't know. Don't know what it is. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I we could and should do a full month of Donkey Kong Country, uh, covers. <laughs> We could, we could, we could do that. Not in the near future, maybe, but certainly in the future. That's what I have to say. If y'all got a, a, a favorite DKC classic that you want to you wanna tell us about, hashtag DKC classic. It's n- not two C's in there. Donkey Kong Country and then Lassic. DKC Lassic. Tell us, tell us what's your favorite. And if it's a bad choice... We'll make fun of you. It's a know. good choice. Is there a bad choice? I don't know. There might be. There's a lot of there's a lot of it. There's a lot of Donkey Kong Country music. There is. If it's maybe if you just like the jingles at the end of Donkey Kong Country two levels. Then yeah, maybe I mean that still rocks, actually. Now you've you've Yeah, done it. That's the end of our episode, and as we always say on Cover Me. Lord, I'm just thinking about a certain episode of Cover Me.